Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosalie McNally. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Earth School. We're delighted to have you here as always. And this week, we thought we would dive into a little topic that we've seen floating around for a long time and that we probably have dipped in and out of personally ourselves. And I think everybody gets it on different levels at different times in their life. But we thought we'd dip our toes into sort of the subject of burnout, the recovery from it and sort of what it is, maybe what it's shown us and how to maybe just be in it as well, which I think can sometimes be the hardest part of it, like... Um, so we hope that you enjoy it. So grab your little tea and listen. So Bibi, welcome, my dear. Hey, Rosaline. Burnout, big subject. Mm-hmm. I know we're not, we're not going to cover it all in a million years. Like, but what sort of comes to mind for you from that there, or even from what you've seen and witnessed in other people, or what you've seen and witnessed in yourself, or what you sort of just feel about it in your own words, like. Oh, there's so much to it, but I think a really important part to it that we sometimes maybe don't get to, and that's why I'm kind of feel like I want to mention it at the beginning, is the whole labeling of maybe shame that's kind of energetically goes around burnout, you know, self and to others, this idea of, you know, that can keep us from actually dropping deep enough into the burnout or deep enough into acknowledging what's going on so that we can then you know, resolve, release, and mo- move on. So there's a level of, you know, acknowledging it, you know, acknowledging it and with without shame. Because to me, burnout is, I mean, is a state we, we don't aim to at arriving mm-hmm. in life. But it is, I think it's a crucial part in life. And there are different parts of burnout, you know, affecting different systems. And, you know, we've probably, if you're around the block long enough, you've probably experienced one or two burnouts in different ways and I think one of the parts that's so important is that we don't blame ourselves for it Mm -hmm. you know I think there is something it's really important that we look at it and maybe investigate it and why have I arrived here and what's the information and we can get to that later on as well but I think so so important first of all is to take that extra load off of blaming ourselves or this whole shame or this idea of where am I so broken like what have I done wrong that I'm here or that I'm here again you know or again for the fifth time Mm -hmm. I think that just makes the load way heavier so you know, if you can establish right away, if you're human, most likely experienced some form of burnout along your life, um, and most likely several sort of little, little and bigger dips of it, I think that's a really important part. What about you? Yeah, because it can bring up the question, like, you know, as in how did I manage to get here? Like, how did I let myself get here? You know, and why did I maybe not see the signals sooner? Um, But also burnout isn't just something that we do to ourselves it's something that the system sort of has lined up for a lot of us as well like depending on you know the hours we have to work the environments we work in the people that we work in the institutions you know the families that we're raised and there's so many other factors to it and sometimes when we experience it the first thing we do is you know turn it on the self like as in put all the responsibility as in how did I get here like do you know like so it's about the I then versus there's so many other things at play possibly that led to this as well that maybe you in a sense had no control over 
And I think too, sometimes we often chat about the recovery of it, but there's not a lot of information about what's before that. Like, do you know, like what's the shifts and changes that ha- that in a sense need to happen at deep root levels, not even just within the eye, that actually lessen or prevent so many of us experiencing that part where you're left with very little life force or joy or thirst for life and you're left drained, emotional, exhausted or whatever way it shows up for yourself, foggy head, etc. Like, do you know, like, so there's so many complex parts to it that it all just can't be landed or we can't put it all on our desk for ourselves to try and work through all of that. Like, A hundred percent. And I think that brings sort of the quiet suffering as well, you know, because there's a sense of I have done something wrong. I let Mm -hmm. myself down. I'm ashamed of that. And hence, I'm not sharing it with with other people, you know. And so we all sort of tend to suffer in our own little, Mm -hmm. little, little bubbles. And I think doing that work of understanding that there are certain actions and decisions that maybe I have have taken and I need to see that responsibility in that as well. But that the system, the way in which I'm held in society, the way the role models that came ahead of me, the people in authority, the people that I think, the structures that I've, you know, you grow into this life as a human being and you're not questioning every structure. It's like you, you grow in as a child into into early adulthood. And I think so much about this this process of, you know, going through adulthood and through your life is about realizing which ways, which structures aren't helpful anymore along the line. And I think when we talk collectively, this is where sort of the individual experience can contribute to the collective. The individual burnout can go like that awakening of like, holy shit, this way of working, that schedule isn't actually good for my particular system. My friend has no problem cranking out the hours. Mm-hmm. She has like that energy that like runs, runs, runs. And it's not necessarily better, but just a different energy system that people have or ways in which the energy works through them. And I'm like, I'm come to realize, okay, that's, that's just not who I am. So there is, I think within this, there is this acknowledgement that... <laughs> You know, society needs to serve sort of everyone. And in a way, whenever we try to serve everyone, we don't really personally serve anyone in particular. And so the way work life is set up, the way, you know, our responsibilities are set up, the way we, you know, can or have to create a home and pay mortgage, pay bills, pay pay rent. This is sort of a way that it's set up for the greater community and it, it doesn't work for everyone. And I think burnout a lot of the time is that moment where I realize as the individual that the cookie cutter model, and it's not necessarily anyone particular's fault as such, we're all evolving together and individually, but where like the way the whole thing is organized isn't working for me, especially in one or two places. And that's usually so... In a way, when we do this work for ourselves, we also contribute to the collective, you know, the life our kids get to live, the life, mm-hmm. you know, we get to live in in that. So, you know, like with, with any difficult or the heavier life lessons, I think even a burnout in that way can create huge personal evolution, but also collective evolution. Mm-hmm. But it is that recognizing, you know, before we can go there, it's like we really need to look at where is it coming from? Where is the universal not serving the personal? 
and just recognizing that and working around with you know the blame game around that mm-hmm. issue the awakening the frustration that comes with that also the grief that comes with that you know there's this or anger it's like oh my god if i had known that beforehand why did nobody tell me so there's a lot i think to it um but yeah ultimately for me burnout is always a sign it's like oh my god this is where along the line I've now come to realize where the universal, the collective isn't quite, the structures isn't quite fitting my personal needs. Mm-hmm. And that's quite empowering once we're coming out on the other side. But like, let's not jump ahead of things. But that's sort of the framework, how I look at it. It's giving you the sort of an insight into what works and what doesn't work for you now going forward. Like, I think it also really reflects some really deep-rooted ways of being that you did not even know were there, like, you know, you just never seen them because they were so just sort of who you were and the way you operate in the world or the way you've just fitted into that slot and the way everything sort of the cogs of the wheel keep turning in and you've managed to fit into it like that you don't realize that those things that you're doing are potentially in a sense harming you like, you know, and that's the word like uh, I sort of sometimes see in it as like that we're harming ourselves without realizing it like because it's only then when we look back and go, if I continue this way. What is the trajectory like? Do you know, like, and it's never a, usually a pretty picture like that. Well, like, so we have this place that when we're in that point of just exhaustion and tiredness and all, it's for me, it's like the honoring of that first, like, do you know, before even trying to rebuild, do you know, because you're not going to have the energy potentially to do that or the inspiration or the vision, do you know, like, and it doesn't mean it's for a long time because you will still get a sense of what's not working and what potentially is available to you. But to really be in that space of first, like rest, like or be still or to receive possibly that way, because more than likely there's been a lot of output, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, do you know, like, so there's probably been a lot of energy out or moving through. So to me, it's this place where you get to go, okay, like, and it's the hardest thing is to go, I'm going to have to stay still, like, do you know, and still doesn't mean I do nothing, like, because we're still going to have to pay our bills and do, it would be great if we could all move into a cave together and just rest and feed each other, do you know, but we're still going to have to do all the day-to-day life things. But within all of that, where can I find moments and pockets where it's a recuperation, like, and I think there's a massive grief of the person that you were and what you were capable of doing like now that even though you know sitting in a sense in this phase of shifting and evolution you look at it and go like that really wasn't sustainable like you know and that's the word you hear bandied about so much it's not sustainable like but a part of you still misses that because it forms so much of your identity like you're maybe the one that people turn to when they wanted something done because you were able to go do it like or you're able to carry so much and it was a real strength you've seen it as yourself or whatever sort of strength you see that that gave you or gifts that it gave you there's then sort of the loss of that and it doesn't mean it can't be carried forward but never at that level like because that's what at at you like and at at your life force and your energy like do you know like and there's all to me, it's that space of allowing that grief and the loss and the transition and in a sense, almost like a rite of passage of acknowledging who I was for all the beauty and not seeing that as a bad thing. Do you know us and that as we're chatting about that shame, but seeing as that's all the beauty that that gave me, but going, OK, possibly the line stops here and I get to choose what comes forward with me then, like 
or what gets totally left behind. Mm. It's that idea as well that, you know, your strength becomes your weakness. And this is not something I came up with. Uh, I want to give credit to, to Abby, Abby Galvin uh, from Katona. But she has this beautiful analogy where she said, like, you know, that which you're naturally good at is like that part of the sofa, the couch that you're always sitting on. And so you sit on that in the first five or 10 years, the you know, two, three years, even the couch looks the same, but then 10, 20, 30 years, you know, if, you know, if you go to homes where like the couch has been there for mm. decades, you can tell the parts where people are sitting on all the time. And then there's these other parts that are hardly worn. And so I think this, our strength, we always rely on one way of being that feels very familiar, that maybe has been approved by our early surroundings, you know, our parents when we grew up or, you know, school systems around us. It's like, oh my God, that's a really good quality, you know? I'm like, okay, I have some of that. That's an, as a strength. I just lean into that. But the beauty and the pain in growing older is that when you're younger, you have so much extra velocity, so much extra energy that you don't notice that you get to sit the first year on on that side of the couch and the couch will look the same both sides but if you keep doing this over years and years and years that extra energy that was available sort of like you know our also the foolishness that we love about our youth you know <laughs> that's also supported by that energy but as we age it's like really it's actually an invitation to become more attentive and wise with our energy output and i think <laughs> If you all have like sort of this like massive velocity, we just kind of spatter on energy all over it. So in a way, it is actually as painful as it can be on every level. There is actually a training ground of going like, no, 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 don't waste that just into things that you don't actually want to create in your life. Don't waste that in relationships that are not not vibrating on the same on the same value system on the same give and take sort of mutuality at all. You know, don't waste your energy you know, hanging on those old things or whatever it is, you know. And it's asking us to kind of really be become wise and conscious with where and how and how often we want to really pour our heart and soul into something. And I think that's the gift that's there. But what we first experience is that, you know, the wear and tear on the coach. It's the wear and tear we sometimes feel in our body. We feel wear and tear in certain, you know, if you carry a handbag on one side of the shoulder all the time, chances are those upper traps those neck muscles are super tight and that ripples through your skeleton you know you don't feel that when you're 15 16 usually you know although i do have noticed i don't know if you're the same working with people that the threshold when we tend to burn out that threshold when we start to experience that wear and tear comes earlier you know what i think what we oftentimes read about a midlife crisis or in our 50s and 60s working with people i see that happening also in our 20s already and that's reflecting like the, the, to me it's sort of part of some part of it not all of it like but like one aspect of it is that need for is it like a need to prove ourselves that need to be doing more that need to consume things you know to produce things to keep on producing things putting output out into the world and somehow that gives us our value and that gives us our need or does part of us think that do we sort of forget in a sense that we have a lifetime to hone ourselves like as human beings like and that it doesn't all need to be done this moment in time like because I know people in their 30s gone through burnout 40s 50s 
different stages depending on what's going on in their life too like and the circumstances within that like and there's so many reasons behind it like you know there's no one you can't go oh it's because of this that you have burnout like you're going it's because of six million strands that over a long period of time have woven together and now that they used to be really far apart and there's loads of breathing room between them they've all now knitted into this wee tiny tiny plait at the very end and it's like no energy is getting through there like and it's the like the way I describe it is like you're bone tired you know like your bones are tired and they're just like you know and things that might have let you up beforehand don't and it doesn't mean that they're not there forever you have to let them all go you know and that's where our brain it's really interesting to watch where the brain goes automatically it's like now you've no idea who you are and your whole life's gone to put on now like what are you going to do now like do you know like and who are you going to be and it's like to me it's not the first as to hold those questions without looking for the answers sometimes initially like do you know like to me it's like a holding of so much that is percolating and moving through the system but for a part of the time there's no anchoring off it like you have to be in that free flow the word sort of it's not as buoyant but it doesn't feel buoyant but like the trust that something's holding you up like do you know like but for me it's like it is a place where there is potency and power there but we have to allow ourselves to actually face those parts of ourselves that maybe have been really restrictive or holding us back. But also I think the parts of us that are part of us, but we haven't seen and we're looking to, or that are looking for an expression through us as well sometimes. You know, whether that's your power, your choice, your responsibility, you're going, okay, I'm done doing everything for all you. That's great and all there. You're old enough to do it for yourself. Or whether it's like, yeah, I'm done working 300 hours a week. This is what I'm doing. I'm done working weekends. I'm done, you know, running everywhere every day or whatever it is, you know, and it comes down to boundaries, but a real sense of can, to me, it's still like, what's the output and what's the input like? Do you know, like, and what does the, and is that input really soaking up into my bones? And there's something to that, you know, you can't sort of smart girl or smart boy your way out of out of this, you know. You can't no, no very, you, no, you can't be very efficient and productive at getting yourself out of burnout. Like, you know, of course you can take baths and eat well and, and, and you know, and maybe take restorative yoga and sleep a lot and you know, have super supportive people around you. And that is a really important aspect, like understanding how to tend yourself and hold yourself. But that oftentimes comes with the expectancy, right? It's like, so if I do all those things, I get out quicker. And mm. it's not about getting out quicker, really. But it's about, like what you said, what is the burnout unveiling to you? So there's a pattern or there's something from before that needs to die, that needs to be applied in a different way. Maybe that the pattern doesn't need to, but the way in which you use the pattern, that needs to die. Maybe there's something in you know, it's not just as simple as, and we oftentimes, I think, thought that over the last sort of decade or two, as the conversation of burnout came to the surface, it's like, you know what, you're just going to take four months of work, and you're going to go eat well, and you're going to do this, and then you come back <laughs> and keep doing what mm. you were doing beforehand. And, you know, that's a way of kicking the can down the road a little bit longer, yeah. you know, because the whole idea of a burnout the way i see it spiritually and you don't see it when you're in the burnout you don't feel like that 
it is an opening it is an awakening there is a, a portal there's an invitation and what i in my experience is you don't really intellectually grasp it while you're in the burnout for me it's like the last two seconds in the burnout is when the insight comes but then more so like the months afterwards mm-hmm. where it all like the puzzle pieces come together i'm like oh my god yes so it's for me and it's different for everyone but for the way burnouts work work for me they readjust the internal system and they sort of totally bypass my mind while I'm in the bur- burnout. So it's not that my brain goes like, oh, I've done this and this wrong or I need to adjust this and this and this. My brain is constantly searching. And so much for me being in a burnout is creating an environment where I tend my mind while it's trying to figure things out and freak out and kind of go. And it, it reminds me very much of when you go through a depressive phase or depression in that way. There is a way of being in that phase in your life where you, at least at how I've learned to work with it, is to not trust your conscious mind while you're going through that. Take note of everything. But when you're going, for me, through a burnout or a depressive phase, which can be similar, but there are different as well, there's like almost like a trust the process, girl, but don't trust like the ideas your mind come up in that in that moment because your mind your ego is wanting to keep you alive and the way your mind does that is by trying to get back to the familiar so it pulls you back into that the lifestyle you had before you went on that four-month break you know from your job and then you go like let's go back and do more of that and um there is a way of you know staying within the process and not trusting your mind yet listening to it (laughs) And it's, it's, I don't know, but it's like, it's very hard to describe because it's, it's a process that is for me very organic. There's a constant shifting. There are constant other components coming, coming in and out. But when I zoom out every time I went through the smaller or then also the bigger burnouts, you know when you're out because you know when you're out. You're looking at life differently. You're applying yourself at life differently. And the shift, it's like when we were talking about boundaries is sort of when it has settled in so deeply that you don't actually need to, you know, draw a line in the sand and consciously communicate a boundary. It's like it's oozing out and through you and just like that's the way. It changes in a way how you look at life. And anytime you go through a burnout, like everything in me always goes like, no, I don't want to change. I kind of liked what I had beforehand, you know? It's like your strength becomes your weakness. Like I was good at this. I like being like that. But then every time I come out of it on the other hand, It's actually such a positive, you know, awe-inspiring, expansive experience. But being in it is 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 not anything like that. Pets like the pets. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Like not all honesty. I don't think I've met anybody goes this. I love this. They'll all know what it is. They'll all know they're burnt out. Like or they might just go. I'm a little bit stressed, and you're like. Stress is very different to absolute burnout. I know some people will believe it does not exist, like, but like it's 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 to me I'm just like it exists like that way. Like, but your brain isn't functioning. Like, do you know? Like, it's not at its most absorbent or the most, in a sense, even process capable. Like, you'll go, oh, I'm going to work with this, and then two minutes later, you're like, where am I going again? Do you know? Like, so it's like everything just flits in and flits out. It's not like shadow work, right? It's not like the usual shadow work where you go, I'm taking that building side of my life and I really dissect it and I be with it. It's it's nothing like that. It's like being out on the ocean without oars in a little boat, 
you know, like, yeah. I don't know how I ended up here. I thought it was a dream. It turns out it's reality. And I have, I have no idea where I am. I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah, I, it's I'm like just scared, yeah. you know? Yeah, and you're see, but you get to see, you're seeing the things and parties going, I'm no, no way am I doing that again. And then you might go, I wonder what that looked like if I wasn't. And then you're like, I can't, I don't have the energy for that. Do you know, like, so that sort of growth part and it will come, but it might not come at the same time as the thought of I'm never doing that again. Or, oh yeah, I've just realized, okay, when I do that now, actually, you know, I felt really full of energy today. And I think that's a thing. One minute you can be then within that whole phase full of life force and you're like yeah like I think I'm back to normal like you know I'm just gonna go off and do this thing again and then two months later you're like flat going no no, I'm not and you might go actually I realize that absorbs so much of my energy do you like or I don't enjoy doing that anymore and I did it because I had to or wanted to prove something to myself so you're seeing all the little places that eat off you but you might just not be in the space to twist them around to the other side just yet but I think a lot of it happens sort of unconsciously as well, just like you were saying. Like, And I also think sometimes we assume burnout happens because we're doing stuff we hate. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time burnout can happen when we're doing stuff we love because we don't know when to stop. <laughs> Do you know, like, so it's not, you know, we go, oh, I burn it, so I must obviously hate my job. I must obviously dislike X, Y, Z, like, or maybe I'm just given too much and it might be none of those things, but it's just an overload of all those things, like, do you know, like, so I think there's loads of little different aspects of it. But for me, it, it has to all, like, everything always has to be a place where I'm going to get something out of this somewhere along the way. Like, you know, it's like a, the rebirthing almost of the self in different ways. The foundations are shifting and changing, like, and there's a the story that always sort of stays and navigates me through it is, and I call it, it's not called the nothing of the bones, but that's what I call it. Like, I think it's by, um, it's out of Woman Who Runs With Wolves. And it's where I think it's the sort of like the grandmother in a sense, I'll not get this right, but like it's like grandmother sings over the bones of the wolf and they reform like, and to me, that's what's happening. Like you're, you're stripped to your bones almost like if you're depending on where you're at in that scale, like, but you're stripped to your bones and then they're going to be repatterned like, but that will take whatever length of time that it takes. Like, do you like us to be easy with ourselves? To not expect ourselves just like when we give birth to bounce back into our little genes that we were in beforehand. The same with us here to not expect ourselves to bounce back so quickly, like, and especially into what we were, what we were doing beforehand or how we were maybe. Mm. You know, and, and that's why it's so important to have people around you who get this, you know, mm. so this is like, this is also an invitation in a way, sometimes just out of necessity, where you connect to different people in different ways where friendships can be strung out, out of like a totally different way because some are blessed that, you know, our own family has already done that work and, you know, amazing if they can hold you. Um, some of us are blessed where our friends from way back when um, are with us on that same path and they can hold us. But sometimes neither of those are available. And so sometimes it's like, you know, you go to a yoga class and the chat you have with somebody after an outside yoga class, you know, you just kind of see that personal time and get into conversation. You go like, I don't like, you know, other times we would have never crossed paths. We wouldn't have been friends, but we kind of bonded over something here. You know, it might be, uh, you know, the book club people. All of a sudden you, you know, you maybe you read a book on a certain subject and you kind of start you know chatting around that and you go like oh my god that's my crew there they get me they, they are people who have been aware they've gone 
because we've all gone through them, which is not all are aware of that <laughs> or want to acknowledge that. But if you have people in your life that are aware of that, that are acknowledging this process, that is so helpful, you know, because if you have to explain that to somebody, that costs more of your energy. And so it's like throughout burnout, you know, and burnout is, can be, of course, the whole, you know, I got to step back from work and, you know, get a note. Um, and, and that's me for a while. Um, a lot of the time, burnout can be also like quieter, sort of the, the slow, quiet death in the background where you, you still show up at work and you still, you know, you're still a mother, father, you still, you know, have all the responsibilities you have. So I think that's where your network of, of friends that get you in that way come in. Um, that can take off the load maybe or that where you just even feel heard and seen I think that's so so important um, because in that time of breaking down and burning out um, to explain that whole process to somebody who's not been familiar with it like personally I wouldn't suggest that I mean, I mean if that's in your life lesson and that's your own curriculum by all means if you're called to do that go go for it don't you know take my word and backing out if you feel like that's what makes sense for you um yeah but i think having people around you that get you and maybe walk that path you know where you have a weekly call and you go how are you doing and like you know what's going on in your life it's like same as a different day kind of thing kind of you know going like still nothing and they, they don't push you now they don't push you like well would you just you know get going and that's the least helpful thing mm. but also i think we have to be really kind to the people around us that aren't maybe aware of that process and and they also mean well you know, when people are going to go, come on, you know, what is it that you're passionate about? And like, I don't know, I was my entire life passionate about, you know, music, but I just can't even listen to music or whatever it is, you know. So, yeah, but there need to be something, you know. So if you have people like that, it's like also the understanding of that might not be that helpful, but also seeing that they're coming most likely mm. from a wholesome place. So it's a time where saying relationships can shift a little bit or where you can feel, wow, I can actually lean into the support of people that I would never be considered close friends. So new friendships can also come forward. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that old friendships need to die. It's not necessarily like that. But just sort of like seeing where do you get support from um, and who are the people who, who get it, you know, I think it's really important. People who can hold space for it. Like, yeah, 100%. Do you know whether that's friends or professionals and all that, like, but mm -hmm. who can hold space without the need to fix it and to get oh, you moving sorry. again? Like, Because you're not fixing route. anything in a burnout. <laughs> You know, like when you go to somebody, you're tired and they're like, well, sure, like, you know, our, our household is like, how could you be tired? Like, and you're like, yeah, OK, that, like it's not going to be it's just not in their wavelength. It does not exist. They're from that generation and it's perfect. Like, so then you need to find the people who can honor that, like, and go, yeah, like, what do you need? Like, I just like, you know, we said we go for a 10 mile walk. Actually, can we just sit on this bloody bench? Like, do you know, I could just have the crack and just look around just like. Do you know, like, and to honor the, I think it's like to honor and give yourself permission to change, you know, your expectations on yourself as well. So, like, you could be on your way to somewhere or to do something. And it's just the life force just isn't there at that moment in time to actually go, okay, I'm not, I really feel I can't do this. I really feel I can't push myself into this. I don't. To do this sort of will take up so much more energy that I will recoup for the next two weeks, possibly to know, OK, then I give myself permission to say no. Like, you know, I give myself permission to go not today, maybe 
in a week's time I'll go meet that person or go do this thing or even read that book or whatever it might be, like attend that class. Do you know, like some simple things sometimes, but to give ourselves that permission, like because it takes courage to really listen to that part of us that's going, no, you can't. You just you don't have that capacity at the minute, like. Because you could be most likely the person that always showed up, you know, that always had that tenacity and then all of a sudden you aren't. And it's it's, it's confusing for the people around you because naturally they, you know, a helping heart is going like, hey, what's wrong? Can I help you? You know, at any other time that would be like literally, you know what? I just haven't slept properly in a week's time. You know, I'll be back, you know, but in burnout, it's just a little, it's different. And I think not having the capacity physically but also not having the capacity sometimes emotionally mm. where you know if that your strength was always you know listening to everyone and um you know you could just like people could cry on your shoulder and you know you, you felt compassion for them but you know you could do that all day every day all of a sudden you just hear somebody saying something negative and you go like if you really you know triggered by this like you know can they not solve their life for once for themselves? <laughs> you know, those kind of things is like, I always give away. It's like, oh, that's interesting, you know? And if that keeps coming up, you're like, oh, there is, there is something, there's something to that maybe. And, and sometimes also you can still have energy as such, like, as in a get up and like, like, <laughs> like an awakeness, you couldn't sleep necessarily, but you sort of like, you know, that spiritual burnout, that sense of like energetical burnout in terms of directionlessness hmm. where you still have the engine firing on the inside which is not more <laughs> exciting than not having any energy but you go like i don't know i always felt in touch with my purpose <laughs> and i'm just like not in touch i don't know where to go i don't know what to do but this this thing inside is still firing you know so there can be many different expressions or like you said early on that you just literally feel like you're losing your mind you know if you were like i was a logical thinker up to about like, you know three months ago <laughs> and i just can't even do a pro and con list <laughs> anymore you know it can be it can be something like that and or the whole thing together you know um and i think also just to mention i know we said this before when we were chatting ourselves like but also to if needed look at the physical side of it like mm -hmm. your physical being inside the hormones and minerals all those kind of things may need support as well and um, what i'd say is i know google we will try and do it ourselves um but sometimes you end up backwards and upside down and inside out so if possible get someone who actually knows what they're doing if you're working with the physical body like because self self-treating is great and all like but sometimes you might find you're digging a deeper hole versus actually giving your body exactly what it needs like because there is the spiritual the mental the emotional burnout but then it can also more than likely affect the physical so it's allowing you to work with all levels like sometimes i think we're really into the spirit we're thinking this purity has to be spiritual and i'm like yeah but that feeds the physical so they all are in relationship to each other so it's nice to get it all checked out because then you can support yourself from all angles then mm -hmm. as well and you know what uh there's been a time in my life where um that was really highlighted actually from the external where sort of the burnout happened way before i realized it and so as a acupuncturist i've been going to him for for a long time and i would go to him usually every two weeks just for the crack i just <laughs> <laughs> love acupuncture love massage you know it's been like just a self-care routine of going like yeah for the things that I don't, 
you know, I love my shadow work and, you know, consciousy and meditation breath work, but there are always something that falls through the net. And like, there's a reason there's, we talked about this staying in empowerment and in our power, but at the same time, sometimes we have blind spots. And so he highlighted something in different ways. I think it took him six months until for me, the penny dropped. <laughs> and it only dropped because my dentist said something very similar as well. It's like, it's a, it's a gorgeous, he's a, a holistic dentist. So he, you know, I'm not going too much into that, but like he looks at, at the way your acupuncturist looks at your meridians. He looks at your teeth and your gum and can sense where you are in life. And it's only when he started to say eerily almost the same words as my acupuncturist. I'm like, okay, I don't see it, but guess if those two, and then, then there were like one or two other people randomly that kind of said something, you know, like, okay. So sometimes we can start being on the way into a burnout without actually realizing it. It was, it was oh, physical. Really? It was like their pointing was all, was physical, was postural. It was mineral based. It was, you know, um, completely on, on, on that level. Mm. So, you know, again, it goes into this idea of having people around you, whether they're friends or whether they're trusted sort of professionals. Um, and also this idea of prophylactic, you know, if you have a yoga practice that you always go to, chances are your yoga teacher might even notice something within you, you know, so every once in a while, have a chat with your yoga teacher or have a, you know, I assume probably similar when you see clients for years, you see those, sh you know, those shifts. But again, it's always in the empowerment of the individual that the individual maybe asks, you know, is there something that I'm missing? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times there isn't, but just sometimes there is. It's usually when we don't want to see it. <laughs> That's when it comes in, you know, like, because most of the times I'm going through life, it's like, is there something, is there something, is there something? <laughs> going, no, 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 they're good, you're good. And then when you don't want to hear, it's like, they really got a, life got a knock on, on several doors. And I think, having those sort of touchstones, prophylactic, people that know you, friends, professionals, it's just all helpful. Mm. Definitely, definitely. So I think on that little note, will we wrap up, my dear? Yeah. And we wish you, dear listeners, that you take just that little bit of time with yourself just to check in with how you are in life at this moment. And if you are in that tiredness, that emptiness or that drained or that foggy head and all, just to allow yourself that permission just to be there for now, even if it's just for a couple of moments and to trust the tides always turn. Unfortunately, we just don't have a clock for these ones sometimes, but to lean into that there and just be with where you are, because to me that's all teachings are teaching us at the end of the day can we just be where we are whether it's in a really brilliant beautiful enlightening phase or whether we're really just digging in the dirt for the wisdom that is there for us so take care until next week and we look forward to connecting then and as always we appreciate any of the little reviews the little emails you send us as well and chat to you soon my dears bye bye We'd like to thank you for listening to the Earth School podcast hosted by Rosie McNally and BB Dalman. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com.